Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from the Vine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I'm excited that you are walking with me. What we do each day is we look at about three chapters of Scripture that I'm just organically reading through in my time with the Lord, and we're going to discuss them for around 20 minutes. You're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters individually, but hopefully together we'll be able to hear the voice of the Lord as we're meeting each day. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage is from Isaiah 55, 56, and 57. And um, Isaiah 55, it says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen to diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And and I had to read a lot of that text to get us started today, because there's there's so much just... This whole chapter 55 is is just so powerful, and 56 and 57, they're they're each um, just, just these... Amazing words that that wash over us and bless us, and in fifty five, it's it's this invitation of come, come to the table, right? It's just this invitation of understanding. Come, everyone who's thirsty. Come, those who have no lack, who have lack. Come, those who are suffering. <coughs> come, those who are weary, like Matthew eleven twenty eight, right? Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, is what Jesus says. And this is the, this same invitation. And then it says, and why do you even, why do you even exhaust yourself and your resources on things that have no real true ability to satisfy you? Do you ever think about that? There's so many things that can just absolutely steal away all of our focus and all of our attention. You know, and I could I could write a book about it. I'm I'm sure. Um, just just not a book from a place of wisdom, but a a book from the place of testimony of mistakes that I've made because I've sought after everything that you could seek after. Right? I mean, just you know, you've sought after money, so have I. You know, I've sought after money in my life. Sought after stature. I, I've sought after you know just vain glory that other people would know my name that I would be you know, of some great value to the, to the world. And, and, you know, I, I've just, I've sought after all, everything you could seek after, like in that way, just, and it's all just, it's all different, different forms of pleasure. 
You know, the Bible uses examples sometimes of food and drink and alcohol, wine, and strong drink. And, you know, we use those texts sometimes to help us more clearly understand our relationship with food and drink. And uh, that is certainly a good way to apply it. But I think those things are always representatives of everything that is uh, just the earth. They're just a temporary earthly pleasure. You know, sometimes people will, you know, start debates about, well, what if, you know, could I use drugs or, you know, uh, you know, what about if my doctor prescribed it to me or what about if it's a, if it's an herb and it grows out of the ground and what about if it's legal in my state? And, you know, sometimes people have a hard time filtering through all of this kind of stuff, but it it's really the, it all falls into the same classification. It's that we weren't made to be seekers of pleasure. We're made to be seekers of God. And so that's the invitation is come everyone who's thirsty. Come to the waters. Whether you have money or not, come. The invitation, the spirit and the bride say, come in revelation, come. You know, and so you can waste all of your days on different things. And we as the church like to judge people, you know, because this person is wasting their life away on uh, their career, you know, and this other person's wasting their life away playing video games. This other person's wasting their life away with alcohol. This other one with marijuana. This other one with pornography. This other one with, you know, a homosexual lifestyle. This other one with a just a lustful lifestyle of sleeping around, you know, and we forget that realistically all these are is different traps set by the enemy to get us to play into our flesh, which is the flesh is the portion of us that is just a pursuer of pleasure. That's the only thing the flesh knows how to do is pursue pleasure. If you raise a, if you're raising up small children or if you have before, you'll start to see this in your children. From just the time that they're born, they're pursuers of pleasure, right? They're pursuers of, of whatever's easy, whatever's, whatever is, is, uh, feels good, tastes good, right? They like sugar. They like sweets. They like to play video games. They don't like to do chores. You know, we're, we're just, pursuers of pleasure and as long as the flesh as long as all we are is flesh then we will always be pursuers of pleasure and there's no amount of religion that can outdo this pursuit of pleasure that the flesh uh has has possessed in me the only way to reverse this course is by coming to jesus because then he puts a spirit in us that's the opposite of the selfish nature of the flesh it's a selfless nature because it's the nature of God and it gets implanted in us and this is what Galatians talks about where these two are at odds with one another the flesh man and the spirit man so within you is a pursuer of pleasure but within you is also a pursuer of God and the nature of God and the characteristics of God and what we're doing as we're walking out this journey is we're learning how to crucify and starve the flesh man and learning how to exalt and please and feed the spirit man and that's the journey that we're all on and we're all at different places with it, right? But we have to be free of judgment because one person is really giving into their flesh man in the way of covetousness and envy. And, you know, it's funny, um, you know, it's, it's around the holidays, you know, right now as I'm recording. And it's just funny, you know, it's like we as a country, you know, we... We celebrate our days, but you know, we get around and we just eat like crazy. And we, you know, we're, we're satisfying of our flesh in that way. And then we go out and shop, you know, the very next day, it's like we just go out and shop. And, um, you know, I, I, it's just, uh, 
uh, it's wild, you know, just, just in sometimes these holidays can actually be quite hard on us. And it, it has to do with giving way so much to the flesh because the flesh is a monster. The more you feed it, the more it grows. I mean, that's just all there is to it. The more you feed it, the more it grows. You know, I mean, it, I'm that way with sugar, right? I constantly have to just cut sugar from my life cold turkey because it gets to the point to where I just want dessert after every single meal. And, um, uh, and, and I give way to that. And I'm not saying these are matters of salvation, but it's a matter of my flesh. If I constantly am giving way to the part of me that pursues pleasure, then I'll, um, that, that part of me will grow and it'll, it'll expand and it'll take over the entirety of my being. And so we are, we have to, that's why Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. So we're going to put to death the self, the selfish fleshly part of ourselves. And we're going to instead follow Jesus. We're going to come to him and we're going to let the spirit invade our lives. And so, um, I, I just wanted to talk about all that today. And, you know, and also just, I just felt led to just press into that. That's how it blessed me today, you know? And, and again, the church should be so much, so much more, judgment free than it is but even even more judgment free than it's perceived as a lot of people perceive the church as a place of judgment and that's really just an assignment of the enemy to make people think that the church is a judgmental place i can honestly say i've been to a lot of churches in my life and they are um not not often as judgmental as people perceive them to be but i do know that the bride still has work to do we still have work to do as the church to where we don't judge people you know it's like you go to the bar there's no there's really isn't any judgment at the bar is there right right because they're all just giving way to their flesh and you know and so they, they just they understand that well we as the church have to understand kind of the same thing and that's that hey you're on a journey of crucifying your flesh and so am i you know, and you, you, you may be on the journey of crucifying your envy. Hey, I'm on the journey of crucifying my lust. You may be on a, a, a journey of crucifying the sloth likeness, the, the sluggish man that's lazy. I, I'm on a journey of crucifying the overly zealous, passionate man that's, 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 uh, you know, uh, misprioritized and working too much. You know, and sometimes the portions of our flesh that we're giving way to, they just bump up against each other. I mean, that's honestly what politics are is, People that are in their flesh in a greedy way versus people that are in the, people that are in their flesh in a um, in a different kind of a way, you know, and they're they're just bumping into one another, and the church can't take sides on it because it's flesh versus flesh, it's pride versus pride, and um, and so what we have to learn to do is put the flesh man to death and 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 feed and fuel and follow after the spirit man which is Jesus inside of us. And so th- that's what uh, 55 is talking about and then it goes on and I really love where it says let the wicked let the wicked man forsake his way. So that's the stuff that you do. You know, so if I if there's a if there's a wicked man which is there is a wicked man inside me, it's a flesh man and I have to forsake his way, but it says and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And so I love that because it's speaking specifically about forsaking your thoughts. There's not enough. There's not enough made out uh, about true repentance because true re- true repentance is is a is a combination of changing what I do and changing how I think. And that's why when the when the people question Jesus, 
regarding marriage and adultery and divorce and stuff, he answered to them and said, you could commit adultery just in your heart as you would covet another man's wife, as you would even think improperly that you would actually sin. And so we have to be people that are that sensitive to understanding I need to be repentant in my heart for the things that I think and the things that I do. And so I'm that, that's turning away from that, that selfish flesh man. And then he goes on to say, if we'll do that, then he'll have compassion on us and he'll uh, he will he'll abundantly pardon us. And then he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so that passage is one like we just, you know, you kind of need to memorize that one because in life there's going to be so many moments where you're going to real you're going to have to you're going to come kind of head on into a collision with realizing that God's ways are not your ways and God's thoughts are not your thoughts and as higher than the heavens are than the earth so are his thoughts than ours and, and his ways than our ways and so that it should submit us into a deeper place of 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 yielding to his sovereignty and understanding that i'm not going to understand everything but i'm going to submit to the one who does but then also he just tagged into this immediately coming from a place of how the unrighteous man should turn away from his thoughts and this is kind of that segue that he goes into this understanding is saying you know we should be people that are thinking more like god right my thoughts are not your thoughts but we're 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 pressing into and seeking so that more of his thoughts would be our thoughts and more of his ways would be our ways and that we would set ourselves apart of the ways of this world and walk into um the ways of the spirit right and so you kind of want to pay attention to the pattern of which things are spoken, because I do believe this is a great verse that, that definitely gives us a comfort and an understanding to the sovereignty of God. But it also gives us the understanding of how, man, I want my thoughts to be more like God's. I want my ways to be more like his ways. But there's no way that I can achieve that without his spirit being inside of me. First Corinthians says, who can know a person except for that, that person's spirit? And we have received that spirit, which is the spirit of God, which searches the things of God. And that therefore it says we have the mind of Christ. So I don't have the ability to know, to know, go, to know God's thoughts or to do God's ways. I don't have that ability. Not in my own self, not in my own flesh. So Jesus died and released his very spirit that searches God, knows God's thoughts, and knows God's ways. And when we believe in Jesus, that spirit is implanted inside of me. And I actually have access to knowing God's ways and knowing God's thoughts, right? And maybe not in the full capacity, of course, because he's still greater than I'll ever be, right? And so I'm submissive to his ways and his thoughts. But the context of this scripture is not that I'm just a not on a log and a loser and I'm never going to understand anything. That's my flesh. But through the spirit... I have access to knowing God's thoughts and knowing God's what's on God's mind and knowing his ways, right? There's, it says even the Gentiles, though they did not know God's law, the spirit was writing his law on their hearts and they began to follow what they had never even studied. That's because God was in them. And so when God is in us, we begin to know and follow and obey that which we have not even uh, researched for our own selves 
because God is research. The Spirit of God is is searching within God and revealing to us. I know we're chewing on a little bit of meat. We're chewing on some some gristle. This is some chewy kind of stuff, and uh, but I hope that that makes sense. And so um, we just we want to remember when we interpret scripture that it has many interpretations, and we're not looking for the right one. It's just that's just the worst way you could study because the word's active and it's alive. So I can't find one thing. I have to find many things, and I have to find what's personal to me, and I have to find what God's revealing to me in the moment. And so, but we wanted the best way to start interpreting scripture is to keep it in its original context and looking at the verses that are surrounding it, what's coming before it and what's coming after it. And so the very next thing after it says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And so, again, it's just saying, when I speak a word, it always comes to pass. That's what the word of the Lord says. And my words I put out like rain and like snow. Okay, and so what what I put out, it actually has a purpose, and it's going to make something uh, be brought forth and sprout. It's it's seed to the sower. It's bread to the eater is what the word of God is to our souls. And so if we are to be people that are desperate to come and drink and come and eat, if we are desperate to see new life be grown up inside of us, if we are people who wish to turn away from the wickedness of our thoughts and our ways, and if we are people who wish to know more of God's thoughts and to follow more of his ways, then we must be people that are seekers of his word because his word is what sows into us and what produces life in us us and what waters us and what nurtures us and then it says and then you'll go out in joy and be led forth in peace so it's what releases joy and releases peace to us and so uh moving into 56 um to 56 it starts talking about the salvation that will be made way for all people who uh, uh, seek, it says, thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness for soon my salvation will come. Blessed is the man who holds fast to this, who keeps the Sabbath. And then it goes forth and it says to the eunuch who keeps my Sabbath. And then it goes, it goes on to the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane from it holds fast my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. And uh, it, it just, it's just amazing, 56 is, because it's, it's this concept that they would have, wouldn't have understood fully at the time. But he was saying, I'm going to make this salvation that I'm talking about, I'm going to make it available to all people. It's not going to matter where you're born or raised or what your dialect is. None of that's going to matter. This invitation is going to be spread out. And, and the people that receive it are going to immediately begin to seek justice and do righteousness. Right, and so th- this is going to be their ways, and they're going to keep Sabbaths, and they're going to. It says they're going to join themselves to the Lord, like John fifteen says. They're going to abide in me. They're going to be grafted into me, like Romans says. We're going to be attached to one another, and then it says they're going to do a few things here. I love this. They're going to minister to Him. Now that's something we don't understand, like minister to Him. Like you think, how can I minister to the Lord? But it says that that's actually what the priests were doing in the temple. They were ministering to the Lord. That was their job. It's funny the job. Of the priest really wasn't as much to minister to the people as it was to minister to the Lord. And I think if if we could get that concept, it would really change the way we do ministry because we always think about ministry as being about other people, 
right? And there's definitely a call to, 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 for justice and mercy and righteousness and doing good unto other people. But ministry just becomes, it just becomes do-gooding and, and Martha-ing if we don't understand that my greatest call is always to minister to the Lord. And the word minister means basically to adhere to the needs of right is so my passion in ministry is to seek what god wants me to do that's how i minister to the lord right and then i i obey and that really is the way that the successful ministry operates is i don't look at the people necessarily and seek what can i do for them but i look to the lord and seek what can i do for him because he knows the people he knows their hearts he knows their real needs he knows my family's real needs and as i seek to minister to him he then puts me on the correct course for the right way to minister to the people that i'm surrounded by and then it says they'll love the name of the lord and they'll be a servant so they'll listen to him they'll obey him and then there's all this talk about sabbath that i can't jump past because it's over and over and over again that these people these foreigners and these eunuchs these people that are going to be grafted in and they're going to be a part of the children of israel we're going to be we're going to belong to god it says they're going to keep sabbath and you know that's something that that i'm i just well i I don't have time to talk about right now, but I, I want to just challenge you as we have just another second left here to just press in for your own sake about what does that mean to seek Sabbath and understanding of rest. Okay, because there was a rest that was released to us through Jesus, but it still must be enjoyed. Jesus was resting on the boat, right, while the disciples were panicking. Jesus understood rest. We don't understand rest. And then he rebuked them and said, you're a faithless people. He says, why do you have little faith? Well, the reason why they had little faith is because they, had, they were filled with fear and they weren't filled with faith because the greatest place of faith is when you actually arrive at rest. And so rest, there, there's so much to be said about rest and there's so much to be said about Sabbath rest and there's a lot to be said about actually taking a day and participating in sabbath in the truest form of of the heart being positioned towards god and off of toiling for a time and so just persevere into that for your own self i just don't have time to talk about it today but i would love to but i can't but um 57 um, uh, well, 56, it starts talking about these seekers of pleasure uh, because their leaders had become seekers of pleasure. They, had, they were shepherds who had no understanding, and they had all turned to their own way, seeking their own gain. Listen, you cannot be a minister of the Lord with, of any um, fruitfulness when you're a too much of a seeker of yourself and of pleasure. The world can get away with being a seeker of pleasure. It's the only thing they really know how to do. But we cannot be fruitful and successful in what we're doing if we're caught up being seekers of pleasure. So if you have a desire to be a minister for the Lord, when I say minister, don't you dare think I'm talking about, you know, wearing a collar around your neck or preaching a sermon. Minister of the Lord, meaning meaning you have a desire to seek souls being saved for the kingdom of God, and everyone's answer to that should be yes and amen. So if you have that desire, the first thing that you need to do is is to resist being a seeker of pleasure first and start becoming a seeker of God first, okay? And that's why it says, they say, come, let us get wine, let us fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow will be like this day, great beyond measure. And so it's just this idea, like I said, it's, 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 it's a little bit cheap to take it and go, well, to be a minister of the Lord, I can't drink alcohol. I don't mind that interpretation of it. I don't see why any anyone that wants to be a minister of the Lord, I don't know why their life wouldn't be better abstaining from alcohol. I don't I don't see how alcohol is going to bless their life in any way, shape, or form in their ministry to the Lord. So I don't think that's a bad interpretation of it, but it's a bit shallow. I think we want to broaden it and understand it's like 
to be a minister of the Lord, I must abstain from being a seeker of pleasure first, because I must be a seeker of God first in His ways. Because if I seek the pleasure first, I'm going to satisfy the flesh, and the flesh grows. But the only way I can have a successful ministry is by seeking the things of the Spirit first and the Spirit growing. And so... 57 um, talks about just this understanding. I'm going to kind of end here because I'm way out of time, but it's understanding of that God is near to those who have a contrite heart, which means a repentant heart. And so we must be people who are continuously repentant before the Lord, people who are continuously humble before the Lord. And it says he is near to those who are humble. He is near to those who have that contrite spirit, those that, that put themselves lowly and not try to lift themselves up. It says he's near to those people.